Hello and welcome back to Femme Fatale, a podcast dedicated to supporting women who write science fiction and fantasy. My name is Moya and this week we are going to be talking about the Haunting of Hill House book written by Shirley Jackson as well as the TV show. Uh, So I'll be comparing the two, kind of talking about what the similarities are and the differences and like which one was better, I guess, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't think I can actually give an opinion on that because they're just so different. You know, I don't know. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> so I am back today. I just got back from Arizona actually a few days ago ish. Anyways, it was great. It was a really good vacation, nice getaway for my husband and I. And I'm very glad that I got to get out of the cold for a few days because <laughs> now it's very cold back in Michigan and. Uh, I miss the sun, but it's fine. It's weird because I also really like cold weather. Like, I like the cold because I like bundling up, but, like, I like the cold from inside. (laughs) I don't like going out and, like, feeling like the wind is biting my face off. (laughs) But, anyways. So, on my trip, I finished listening to the Haunting of Hill House audiobook. And it was a pretty good book. Uh, there's... It's definitely... It's... If you watch the TV show first and you're kind of expecting a similar vibe from the book, it's going to be very different. Um, was not at all what I was expecting, but not in a bad way necessarily. So I think we should just dive right into the episode. So The Haunting of Hill House was written by Shirley Jackson, and she's she's a fantastic author. Um, she wrote one of my favorite short stories, which is called The Lottery. I read it in high school. Uh, it is... It's a really good short story. Um, very... Very dark, <laughs> to be honest. So if that's not really your thing, I don't recommend it. Uh, also, I mean, if... Um, horror isn't really your thing, you might want to skip this episode altogether. I'm not going to be super descriptive, and I don't think, I I don't think this would have any triggers in the episode, but, you know, just to be safe, if you don't really like horror, then maybe this isn't a good episode to listen to. But anyways, uh, I know I said earlier that I wasn't going to do anything with Haunting of Hill House because it is horror, and this podcast isn't really about horror fiction, but, um, Horror does fall under the umbrella of speculative fiction, which is the same umbrella that science fiction and fantasy fall under, because it has those fantastical elements that science fiction and fantasy also have. It's just like, it's just like a, it's just a scary version, kind of. And it also, like, it kind of falls in with, like, paranormal fiction as well, uh, just because it's, I don't know, it's like a weird category, because it's, it's not based off of true events, necessarily, but... In this case, it isn't, but uh, it is, like, whether ghosts and hauntings are real is up to the reader. Like, that's, it's a personal opinion, I think. Um, I personally think that they are real, just because there's plenty of, like, accounts of them happening. 
that it's like I don't like there's no way it's not happening but that's my personal opinion so anyways um the haunting of hill house book was published in 1959 uh, it's identified as a gothic horror novel and it was a finalist of the national book award yeah it's it's got like 3.8 stars out of five on goodreads it's not bad um it's a shorter book 246 pages depending obviously on the version you get and i don't read a whole lot of horror books typically uh the <laughs> probably the closest i do to horror is like a suspense thriller type thing uh so i don't i don't know how common um horror was at the time but it's is considered like one of the best ghost stories in literature um, that was published during the 20th century, which is kind of a big deal. <laughs> and, um, so I'm kind of looking at the Wikipedia page too here, but something interesting, because you read like a horror book from today or like a suspense book or like anything. And I guess, okay, like I said, I didn't like the last horror novel I read besides this one was probably, um, like... A goosebumps type book <laughs> it's like for kids <laughs> but like you read like scary books today it's like it's very different like it's very much it very much relies on like this the scare factor rather than like any psychological thing <laughs> um but like this wikipedia article says that her novel relies on terror rather than horror uh and something that I kind of picked up on while reading is that, like, I was never really scared. Like, there was some, there were a few events where it was like, okay, that's kind of freaky. Um, and, like, it could have been, too, like, the, the person who is reading the book. Um, I didn't really love the reader. Just my personal opinion. I didn't like the voices she used for the characters, but... Anyways, um, as you're, like, as you're reading it, it's, like, it's a different writing style. Different time, different writing style, and so, like, some of the responses from the characters feel, like, really weird and, like, whimsical. <laughs> uh, but, but as you get to know the characters, that's when, like, things get, start to feel weird. Um, especially f the further into the book that you go, it's very much like a, okay, like a few things happen like halfway through the book, I'd say. And then it's like literally within the last chapter where it's like, oh shit. <laughs> and then you realize like, oh, that's what was going on. And like, I, I, I saw, I figured out what was going on beforehand just because, um, uh, probably mostly because I watched the TV show first, and there was, like, s some similarities that made the the ending um, more obvious to the book, but it's a much more subtle psychological read, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so like I said, just just the the way that she she decided to write it in more of a psychological way created a very different atmosphere. And the book was like primarily written from one it was like third person but following a specific character. So I guess I guess I'll just continue talking about the book and then we'll talk about the TV show and then we'll compare. So um the book follows Eleanor uh, mainly in a um, third-person point of view, and there's there's a little bit that focuses on the other characters, like, just briefly, and then it also, the, the main characters' names are, are Eleanor, Luke, Theodora, and then the Doctor, which his name is escaping me, but this Doctor uh, Dr. Montague, excuse me, there it is, um, <laughs> asks these people to come to this house for the summer, um, I don't think it's for the entire summer, I can't remember how long he wanted them to be there, but asks them to come to this house, uh, to just experience it, essentially, and they're all people that he had, that have had paranormal psychological experiences, kind of thing, um, I won't, give details as to what those are until later on in the episode um but he asked a bunch of people to come and only three people showed up <laughs> so luke is related to the family that owns the house and so someday it will be his house uh and then theodora and eleanor have no relation to the house they just they both have had paranormal type experiences, and then they actually figure out at some point in the book that they're cousins, which is really interesting. So, they're invited to stay at the house, and they do. And basically, the doctor is trying to figure out if there actually is anything haunted happening in the house. He's like a paranormal investigator, uh, but in a much like, I don't know, it's like a weird, it's not like a ghost hunters kind of thing or ghostbusters type thing. It's like very much like in the name of science. He's just studying and taking notes, that kind of thing. The book is like, it's really slow in my opinion. Like if I wasn't listening to it while I was doing other stuff or, you know, stuck on a plane, <laughs> it probably would have been hard for me to get through just because it, it, it goes, like there's not a whole lot of action until later on in the book and like I just oh my biggest complaint is just the characters feel so unrealistic like they feel really childish they like they seem like children um and like again it could have just been no I it's like some of it is probably the way that they were read the way the book was read but I feel like it's it's also just like how she wrote them like they just feel childish and maybe that was the point maybe she was trying to characterize them as more like children to make it seem a little bit more intense um or make them seem more naive to the bigger things that were happening in the house like that that's a possibility but I didn't love how she portrayed the characters because I just felt I couldn't take them seriously to be honest I just couldn't that's kind of the gist of of the plot I'm not going to give anything away at this point um there will be, after I kind of explain the plot, um, from both, and then, then the similarities and differences portion of this episode will be, will have spoilers, um, because it'd be kind of hard to talk about the similarities and differences without them. <laughs> so, 
just uh, know that, and I'll I'll mention something too before I dive into it. So I think there's not a whole lot else I can really say about the book without getting into more spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna switch over to the TV show now, um, and it is called it is defined as like a mini series because it is only one season and it's ten episodes. Uh, and so, like, it's really funny. I thought it was, like, a, like a typical, um, TV show that, you know, goes on for several seasons. And I was like, how, how are they gonna stretch this out for that long? Like, I knew it wouldn't go that long. I was like, oh, it's not going to. <laughs> this, uh, this TV show aired in 2018. It is on Netflix. I believe it's a Netflix original. And stars, uh, Victoria Ped- Pedretti. Yikes, I full-on butchered that. Sorry about that. Um, who plays Eleanor Crane. Henry Thomas plays Hugh Crane. Uh, Kate Siegel plays Theodora Crane. Oliver Jackson plays Luke Crane. Elizabeth Reeser plays Shirley Crane. And, um, Carla, uh, Gugino plays Olivia Crane. And then Michael Heisman plays Stephen Crane. So, um, this was, like, a huge hit when it came out. I remember, um, I remember seeing a lot of stuff about it, but again, I'm, I have been a lot more sensitive to horror type things in the past, uh, and so I, it just never really was something I planned on watching, and as I've gotten older, I'm a little less sensitive to it. <laughs> I actually, I, I find paranormal fiction and stories and that, all that stuff, I find it really interesting, um, I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> yeah. I can't explain it. It's just a thing. But the the TV show, um, just like one automatic big difference is the fact that the TV show follows a family, whereas the book follows four people who, before meeting at the house that day, had zero connection to each other. Um, so it was a very interesting difference. Um, I know, like, I haven't done any research on why they made those changes or made any of the changes that they decided to make. I'm almost positive it's because, like, if they, if they create a TV show that was closely, that was very close to how the book was written, it would not have been as good. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying that right now. Like, the book is not written well for TV, <laughs> And so, like, these, the change to make it about a family makes it easier to follow and, I think, easier to relate to and the relationships between the characters are, are better and the way they wrote the story is just chef's kiss. It's so good. Like, they did such a good job. Anyways, we're summing up the story here in the TV show. <laughs> not, not talking about how good it is. <laughs> so, the... The TV show, like I said, follows a family, and the family, it's, the the show switches between the past and the present, so the past is when the kids, um, well, when the siblings, I should say, were kids, and they were living in the house, and then present day when they're all adults, they have their own families, all that stuff, so... Olivia and Hugh Crane are the parents, and then um, Theodora, or Theo, 
Luke, Shirley, Stephen, and Eleanor are the children. And I think the, uh, I think the way they wrote it, going from past to present, strengthened the story a lot. Because it built the suspense so you didn't find everything out and experience all the things all at once. It, it just drew it out, which actually made it more bearable for me. <laughs> uh, but it's just really interesting. So anyways, um, the, the parents, um, Olivia and Hugh Crane, are house flippers, essentially. So they bought Hill House to renovate it and then sell it at a huge profit which super common thing a lot of people do this and um they they stay in the house while they're renovating it it's also like it's a big ass house like <laughs> plenty of room for all the kids <laughs> and so they took it and like they they knew there was some interesting history behind the house um i don't remember at the moment if there were stories about it being haunted I know that the caretakers, um, the Dudleys, so Mr. and Mrs. Dudley, they, they didn't stay past dark because of experiences they had there, um, poor experiences they've had there, but I don't think, I don't think any, like, they came into the house with the notion that it was haunted, or maybe they brushed it off. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but they, basically throughout the show, it, it kind of talks about, hints at the fact that their mother, their mother died at Hill House, um, by suicide, and that they, like, they, they all left in the middle of the night. None of them know why. Um, and, like, the story they've been told, again, this isn't a spoiler, this is in the first episode, so I'm not, I promise I'm not spoiling anything. So the story they've been told, the, the siblings know is that their mom committed suicide and that um, their dad, like, rushed them out of the house in the middle of the night so that they wouldn't have to see that, like, see their mom that way. So, that, that, that's the story. That's their life. Uh, and then things kind of pick up when one of the siblings, Eleanor, uh, dis or she's called Nell, a lot in in the tv show it's like her nickname um she decides to visit the house again and that's all i'm gonna say there um so yeah it's it's a very it's a it's a good show it's so good they did a very good job and 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 the changes um like we'll talk about in a little bit the changes they made were necessary to make it good for the screen, I think. And and some people are, like, huge sticklers about that. Um, about, like, oh, you have to make it just like the book. Like, it's not close enough to the book. Like, this isn't good. And I understand that in some senses, like, there's some things, like, okay, quick spoiler warning. But, like, the way that they ended the Hunger Games movies versus how the book ended, they didn't have to make that change for the movies. Like... It just, I don't know. Anyways, um, there's, there's some minuscule things in, in movies where it's like, why did you change that? That wasn't even necessary. Like, that wouldn't have changed, that didn't help or, or hurt the story at all. You know, why didn't you just leave it like it was in the book? <laughs> so that's the stuff that frustrates me personally. But things like this, where it's like what they did to the TV show or the movie 
like how they changed it for the screen it's like it only helped um because it, like too like the other part is that this book was written a while ago it was written uh math it was published in 59 1959 so about 1960 so 40 22 so like 62 years ago i think 63 years ago so it was published over 60 years ago we'll just go with that (laughs) and and so like the world is very different books are written so differently today as are movies and tv shows and so it's like they had to adapt it like they just had to anyways so that's that's the tv show um out of the two i preferred the tv show just because it was more engaging um but it was also created recently for this this type of audience and 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 the book was written and published over 60 years ago for a different type of audience um i shouldn't say different type of audience but but um an audience that was used to a different type of book so there's some give and take in that it was still written very well though it was still very enjoyable so, I kind of want to jump into the spoilery part of the episode now, because there's a lot there's a lot to be discussed in the spoilers. And so, if you haven't read the book or watched the TV show, and you want to, I would suggest skipping to the end of the episode, or just not listening to the rest. <laughs> Uh, but I highly recommend that you watch the TV show, read the book. They're both fantastic. Um, I would say give the book some time. Like, if it doesn't grab you at first, like, just give it a chance. Because it, it does pick up eventually, and I think it's worth the read. I always think, I think, not always, a lot of the time I think classics are worth the read. There are some that I would not, you know, agree with that statement on. <laughs> And then the show, again, like, it is not for the faint of heart, so if that's not your jam, I don't recommend it. <laughs> so, spoiler section of the podcast. Um, Like I was hinting before, there's a lot of differences. A lot of differences. So, Luke, Eleanor, and Theodora, those names are all the same, which is really cool. But other than that, those are the only similar characters and their personalities and them as characters, nothing like in the movie. Or book. Like, the TV show in the book very different in that way i think nell is i'm just gonna call eleanor nell it's easier um nell is the closest i think between the two i think theodora shares some similarities but not enough to to really i don't know so nell nell has this very whimsical character about her and she's very affected by hill house like you can you can tell like you know immediately that she is on the tv show it's very obvious because she commits suicide like in the first or second episode um but in the book like you you start to see that i literally have a note written down that says eleanor seems to be the most sensitive to the house yeah she is (laughs) um and it's really interesting that it, it feels like the house targets her, which is so fascinating. I don't know why. And I don't know if it's just her psyche, um, if it's just something about it. So, like, that that's, like, the biggest similarity, I think, is the fact that there is a character named Nell. They ha- seem to have a bit of a similar personality. Um, they're both very affected by the house, which both time causes them to kill themselves. So, in in the book... 
Nell is 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 asked to go home because the the doctor, Dr. Montague, Theodore, and Luke can all see that she is being way too affected by the house and she needs to go home. And so they ask her to leave and no longer part- participate in this study. And she's on her way off the property, driving her car, and again, this trance type thing, like the house almost takes control of her or influences her decision-making greatly, and she runs her car into a tree and dies. Um, but, like, at the last second, like, you get that, um, you, you get her actual thoughts, not the house influencing her thoughts, um, right before she hits the tree, and she's like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And so, it's, it's a really, that's probably, like, the scariest part of the book is, like, how she didn't even realize what was happening to her. So, um, that absolutely fascinating. I think it was fascinating, more than scary, personally. Um, and then in the, in the TV show, she did, she also committed suicide in a different way, though. So, as an adult, she goes back to the house because she feels it calling her name, um, just, like, as some backstory. Her, she, she has, um, sleep she suffers from sleep paralysis um and she got married um to the sleep technician actually that helped her with her sleep paralysis and then like eight months i'm pretty sure it was eight months um eight months after they got married he had an aneurysm and died which i can't even wrap my mind around how awful that would be like just that fresh in the marriage for that to happen um so like that would be really really hard so she she um that happens and like everything starts going downhill for her like things start to get better and then everything just like starts plummeting um she goes off her medication um she like kind of just she's just off the rails essentially and like her sleep paralysis gets really bad again the other thing too is that she was in the middle of a sleep paralysis episode when her husband like had his aneurysm so she couldn't even get up to help him or like call the call an ambulance or anything um because i mean i don't i don't know how often it is that someone can be can recover from that once they have it i don't know anyways it's beside the point. Um, so anyways, she's, she's, she's in decline and she finally gets to this point of like, I can't take it anymore. And she goes back to Hill house. And I, I, I think this is the house affecting her more than anything. Um, ra- like it's affected her, her entire life. Um, and so she goes back to the house. She's kind of, she's kind of in this trance. Um, you can tell and she, uh, hangs herself. And the, the interesting part, too, about that is that that's what everyone is told, and, like, that is the truth, that's what happens, but you don't actually see it happen on the screen until later, much later in, in the show. Um, it doesn't, like, you just, you know that she went there, and you know that you're being told she, she hung herself, um, but they don't show it happening until a lot later in the show so it's really interesting um 
But so that's that it's a similarity and a difference at the same time because Nell dies in both because of the effects of Hell House, but in different ways. So the the interesting thing, I think I think the um the story and the characters in the show were much more compelling than in the book. The book, again, it just felt kind of like it felt like everything was at an arm's distance. Um and that didn't really help me connect to the story very well. But also the haunts were very minimal in the book. Like there were eh. Okay, so there there were two nights in the book. There were two nights when when they they were asleep and then they started hearing these this banging on the doors in in the hall. Um and, like, it started, you know, came down the hall and everything and then started banging on Nell and Theodore's door. Like, the door was shaking and everything, but, like, there's no nothing there, um, as is the case in horror books. Uh, <laughs> and so that happens twice. Um, there's one morning that they wake up and find a message written in blood on the wall for Nell. Um, there's another time Luke finds Nell like a message for Nell written on the wall it says like Nell come home Nell or something like that um which is also a similarity in the in the show um that's that also happens in the show where there is something written on the wall it says come help come home Nell uh or Nelly um which is absolutely horrifying um <laughs> so like, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't find, I didn't find the, the things that happened in the book that, that scary to me, and it could have just been the way it was written or described, but it's just me. So, the, the, the show was much more scary. <laughs> it, it elicited a lot more emotion for me. Um, I mean, there's, there's some advantage with, with the screen and being able to, like, perform jump scares a lot easier uh and with lighting and music and so there's there's a bit more to it with that uh, and that 100 percent got me every time <laughs> so um something really interesting too is that um olivia crane the mom in the show talks about at one point when she was a little girl that there was um, like this awful, awful storm. Um, but it only affected her house. And so her mom, like she was huddled up with her mom and her sister and it sounded like there were rocks just raining down from the, from the sky. Same thing happens at one point, um, in the show at Hill House. Like the, the Hill House is the only place affected by it. It's just like this awful storm. The worst. Windows are broken, like it's like rocks are falling from the sky kind of thing. Um, same, like, and this also occurs in the book, uh, but it's Nell that this happens to. Um, so it's this really interesting um, comparison because Olivia Crane in the show is also very sensitive to the house. Uh, and so she she's able to sense some things and like, I think she knows that there's paranormal stuff going on there. <laughs> Um, and, and she's the first victim of the house, really. 
uh, yeah, so that was really interesting. Actually, the Crane family is in the show, too, but, but, uh, it's a little different. Or, I'm sorry, in the book, too. It's a little different, though. So, Hugh Crane also exists in, in the book, but he, he was the builder of the house. He built the house, and he had two daughters, um, and his wife died in an overturned carriage when he was trying to show her this dream house that he had built for her. And that, it's really sad, actually. Um, but then it just started this whole, like, feud between the sisters, like, who'd get the house, you know, eventually when their father died, all that stuff. So, the cranes do exist in both worlds. <laughs> so, another really interesting, um, comparison, this is very minor, um, not something I, I don't think this really matters at all in the grand scheme of things, but I just thought it was kind of a fun detail. In the show, um, later on, you start getting more of um, the mom's perspective um, from when they were living in the house. She's seen things like the house is really, really affecting her. Um, she's seen the ghosts of the past owners of the house. And um, there was this little teacup that one of the little girls who lived there liked to use. And she would drink tea out of it saying... Um, it was her cup of stars, cup full of stars or cup of stars. Um, it had stars painted on the bottom of the cup. Um, and, uh, it was also mentioned in the book, not, it wasn't as significant though in the book. Um, when Eleanor was on her way to Hill House, she stopped at like a cafe or something and, um, this little girl said she wanted her cup of stars and it was just like this, again, like a special cup that she had with stars on it that kind of thing later now mentions it again saying that she wanted a cup of stars um so it's just like an interesting little detail uh that I I appreciate that they kept in there it's like the it's the little things you know that end up being really cool to see translate over so uh an interesting thing I think um comparison between the book and the show is that the book like I said before tends to follow Eleanor the most um and that's it's really interesting to me because in the show, the reason that all of the siblings revisit the house and start really revisiting those memories is because Mel killed herself in that house in the present day. And so both times, everything that's happening is is happening because of her. So, like, it's an interesting twist because they, in the book, they, everyone leaves the house because Nell killed herself. Um, so after she crashed her car on purpose, like every they decide to just leave the house, leave it be, like, nope, we're done. <laughs> Not staying here. <laughs> and then in, in the show, they go back to the house um, to kind of look at, it's like, okay, what's, what's going on here? So it's just an interesting parallel of how in the book they were pushed away and in the show they, they were drawn back. Um, and, and in the show, the, the dad, um, Hugh Crane kind of talks about how the, the house is feasting on their family and it wants them to come back so it can finish its meal, essentially, which is a horrifying way to, um, describe a house. <laughs> Another similarity is that, uh, there's one scene in the show where Theo is in bed, um, she has her own room, she's in bed and she thinks that Nell has come into her room needing comfort 
um because nell is her younger sister in the show um and and so she's like hey you can climb into bed with me and so like this thing climbs into bed with her and holds her hand and but it is not nell (laughs) it's not nell i think it, it was just a ghost or a shadow figure or something but um in in the uh in the book, the there there was also something with that, of, um, but I, I can't remember the details. I just wrote down hand-holding <laughs> in the night. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think overall, the, the differences were for the best for the the show like it made it more interesting it made it easier to follow is much more geared towards today's audiences it's it's something that would be enjoyed by today's audiences whereas as the book again it was it was published over 60 years ago like it's it's not going to have the same appeal to people today um but it still has that same like creepy factor uh, especially at the end uh so anyways overall I think I liked the show better and I didn't dislike the book but it's not necessarily like my thing (laughs) not not gonna be I wouldn't it wouldn't be my top recommendation to somebody um I wouldn't even define it as horror to be perfectly honest um yeah I think overall both are pretty good um I'd recommend the show to people if that's what they're into. Um, yeah, they're both, they're very, very different from each other. Um, but the show also kind of started this, um, renaissance, if you will, of horror, um, on Netflix anyways, because there's also the haunting of Bly Manor, um, that might not be quite the right title, um, but then there's another one. I don't remember what it's called. Let me look really quick. Um, so it's called, oh, Midnight Mass um, is another one that came out. There might be some connections, actually, between Hill House and, and Bly Manor. Um, I think some of the actors are the same, and so there might actually be a connection. I just realized that. Anyways, really good show highly recommend it book is pretty good you know um but i wouldn't expect it to be like a great horror novel or anything so that is my review of the show versus the book very different from each other just altogether very different (laughs) so um currently i am almost done with the name of the wind i have less than 100 pages left i'm so close I'm gonna finish it this weekend, um, and then I finished reading Haunting of Hill House, um, I'm, I wanna read Dune soon, so hopefully I'll get to that soon, and it's a beast, I know that, so I, like, I'm, I have the audiobook on hold, and then a friend is gonna lend me their copy as well, I'm trying to, like, cut back how many books I buy, cause I'm hoping to take, like, another vacation at the end of the year with a friend and so I'm trying to save up money for that but uh yeah and then next week we will be starting with a new author uh and in honor of Black History Month and also in honor of the fact that this author is just absolutely incredible um (laughs) 
we'll be talking about N.K. Jemisin. Uh, she is the most prolific um, female science fiction fantasy author. Like, I, she She's written so much high fantasy, um, and she's very good at it. I haven't actually read any of her stuff, but like the reviews and the awards speak for themselves. Um, so we'll be talking about her next week, and then a couple weeks after that, I will be reviewing her, I believe it's her latest release, um, The City We Became. Uh, and that one is more of an urban fantasy. So, but I'm so glad that you decided to listen today and thank you for joining me. If you liked this episode, please recommend it to friends and family. It's the best way to help the podcast to grow and reach more people. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And if you'd like to connect with me on social media, you can follow the uh, podcast Instagram at femfatale.pod. And if you have any suggestions for the show or you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me via that Instagram um, and DM me. I will be putting together a, like a little questionnaire soon and putting that up so that you guys can give me some feedback on how you feel the podcast is going and any topics you'd like me to cover for the podcast. Um, so I'll let you know when I get that up. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week. Bye.